Let's get this shit. Let's get this shit. Let's get this shit. Let's go. Top of the morning. 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 What's good, y'all? Welcome back to another One Piece chapter review. And for this review, we will be doing One Piece manga chapter 1064 titled Eggheads Research Stratum. So, before we get into the review, please be sure to subscribe to the channel as well as the notification bell to get notified for more content that I put out. As well, if you end up enjoying the video, be sure to hit me with a like and leave a comment. And let me know your thoughts on this chapter of One Piece. So, without any further ado, let's just get into it, y'all. So, we start with the cover story. German Double Six is Cold Blooded Voyage Volume 22. Kuzan and Arga of the Blackbeard Pirates are on deck. And it looks like it's confirmed that these two are the ones who are at Whole Cake, and they're the ones who took Pudding. And Kuzan got a new fit, though, looking like a little Vin Smoke from Whole Cake Island. But honestly, I wish I could act like this cover story is something separate like it usually is, but it's not. For the first time, in my time at least, of reading One Piece, um, or even from what I hear from the community, this is the first time ever that a cover story directly just ties to, is connected, references, is essentially part of the chapter. Like, sure, we can say that some things tend to happen alongside the story, and we don't even always know at what no, at what point in time everything is taking place, but this cover story, essentially, is it really, really is part of the chapter. So, let's get into the chapter then. And now, our feature presentation. So, chapter opens up. Looks like Law versus Blackbeard is taking place, and these two are going at it. And I'm honestly shocked that Oda's actually showing this to us. I feel like Oda is now putting some respect on some, some of the fights. But it seems like Blackbeard doesn't know anything about Law's awakened abilities. It gets caught off guard, and then Stronger ends up getting sliced in half. So, alright, Peter Stronger, I guess. I'm sure he's not dead, but it ain't looking good for Stronger. And it looks like Blackbeard uses the Guru Guru no me to save himself, which sometimes people forget. Well, at least maybe in the story that Blackbeard. Blackbeard really got two OP Devil Fruits on deck for himself, bro. Like, the shit is insane. <laughs> so, Law Crew is shockingly, actually, and now we gotta eat crow. Somewhat competent, and they're good at sea battles, which, come on, I guess it makes sense. Like, they do have a submarine. Like, why would they have a submarine? And honestly, we know that they didn't do nothing much in Wano, and maybe they just, you know, specialize in sea battles only. But... We gotta eat crow because a lot of us been talking bad on all crew and true and yeah that's pretty true. They doing alright, man. While Doc Q was falling off stronger, he tries to toss like apple bombs at the heart pirates, but Penguin out of nowhere is apparently nice and uses hydro pump or bubble beam or something while swimming in the water and then blows the bombs up. Like, bro, what? <laughs> wow, Pimplup just used a new move. That was hydro pump. And then. Beppo ain't really do much though, but tell John Bart that Law is about to get sniped by Augur. So John Bart eats the shot, which like, good shit. I guess my mans can handle some gunshots from a sniper. And while being guarded by John Bart, Law is using Shock Willy on Blackbeard. And psh, you know, Blackbeard can't take no pain to save his life at all. And he is in shambles. Oh brother, this guy stinks! <laughs> So at this point, Augur seeing this happen, he's like, well, this is what happened when you comes in like half cocked and then he warps Blackbeard into safety. And Blackbeard's basically like, 
I'm always on Air Force Black, Air Force Energy, bro. Like, I don't give a fuck. We gonna finish what we started. And then he ends up back in front of Law. So while this is going down, Law is like, hmm, so your whole crew is Devilful users? Like, that doesn't seem like the best idea. I mean, you know, we are traveling on the seas and, you know, you you don't have the best means of transportation like that. Idiotic! And it makes sense, but Blackbeard don't care because Blackbeard is always on demon time. <laughs> Black Air Force Energy. He's over here like, honestly, the pluses from the devil fruit make it well worth the fucking payoff. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it, sweetheart. So the two of them end up clashing, and then Blackbeard uses Black Vortex instead of using the Guru Guru no me against Law's attack. And Law looks actually kind of shocked he's like whoa what the fuck and i'm not sure if law's powers are possibly being taken away by the black vortex because we do know that black bear has this weird ability to kind of cancel out devil fruit users powers somehow so i don't know man i don't know how this fight is going to end up i doubt Oda's going to actually show us the full fight of how this really just plays out i'm sure we'll have the after effects or you know whatever just the casualties of this situation is but it really ain't looking good for law i don't see him coming out ahead in this situation because he has no idea how to combat against you know this devil fruit power from blackbeard because yeah law has some type of hockey obviously we found out from the last chapter because he's able to negate um the fucking doc q's attack but i don't know if he got enough hockey to hold up against blackbeard after he kind of like strips some of his powers we'll see so while this is all going down we cut to the bottom of blackbeard's ship and it looks like pudding is in a cell so come on bro we have pudding and Augur that was in the cover story now in the chapter and this is directly tied because put is like okay y'all are being attacked and from underwater and they had no idea like you know loyal crew would be so sufficient in underwater battle they're trying to sink them essentially but these goons is talking crazy to put in putting basically is like you know not sure if uh you know mama is alive or not but y'all would eat y'all words if she is still alive the new eras only happen when old legends are torn down which like that's spicy i'm digging this energy that putting this given i'm so used to seeing her kind of like be like a different character what we got in whole cake but now she looks she looks confident i feel like that that sanji really bolstered her up a little bit i like it a lot so the elephant in the room right here is the fact that she's saying if mama's still alive, y'all would eat those words. You know, the leaks came out and it kind of made it seem like, in the translation that I read, the first one, the raw ones kind of, made it seem like, oh, if mama wasn't dead, then y'all would fucking, it'll be over for y'all. But the wording here is a lot different for the TCB scans where it says that, you know, if she's still alive, y'all are going to regret this. Like, so there's no confirmation still if big mom is dead or not. We don't know. We don't know. But we shall see. But at this point, I need to know, with Aga here and Pudding here, where's Kuzan? Kuzan, where are you? Are you with Sword? Are you on another Blackbeard mission? Like, what are you up to, bro? And honestly, Big Mouth's Island is also falling apart, so I don't know what she's going to end up going back to at this point. Hmm. Really makes you think. But then this part of the chapter then finally ends with the Kainu finding out that they made contact with Winter Island and basically hating his job because he then finds out that Law and Blackbeard are commonly scrapping. And that was it for this first part of the chapter. So let's get to the second part. We cut back to Egghead Island and Bonnie hides everyone from the pacifistas by changing their ages, which is hilarious. Like we get a glimpse into possible future 70 year old Luffy, old man Chopper, and that young bullet Jimmy. Luffy is basically trying to tell Bonnie, hey, it only looks like Kuma, it's not really him. So we should take them out. And Chopper is trying to be nice and say like, 
hey, but you know, it has to bring up bad memories to Bonnie, all while being like, hey, can you also turn us back? So Jimmy understands a little bit more. He's like, he figures like Kuma may be a cyborg, but it can't make it easier for his daughter to face his copies and then goes to question Kuma's reputation as a tyrant of the Sorbet Kingdom before his people got rid of him and he became a pirate. And then when the Navy caught him and found out about his revolutionary army ties, they gave him a life sentence and Vegapunk ended up taking interest in Kuma's body and then made him a warlord on the condition he let himself be researched on. So this is like, you know, Jinbei's assumption of how everything went. And Bonnie thinks most of it is true, but the being made into a mindless cyborg thing is where she draws the line. She feels like that might as well just been a death sentence. And then Jinbei's at this point is just like, hmm, so why would they do that? Why would they do that? So while this conversation is happening about Kuma, Bonnie, in the middle of it, picks up what, what looks to be like a lightsaber or something, and what they all believe to be like a Vegapunk-like junkyard, and gets mad during this convo of how people, you know, viewing Kuma and things of her dad. And she just ends up swinging down the lightsaber, and it ends up actually working and causes some damage. And meanwhile, Luffy and Chopper are not even paying attention to this conversation. They're like, yo, this, that's a light beam? That's a beam saber? It's lit! Never Anakin! I have the high ground! So, confirm, lightsabers are in one piece. So this part of the chapter ends with Bonnie turning everyone back and then saying Vegapunk isn't a scientist. He's just a murderer and did this to Kuma because he was part of a special race. So I can't tell if she's saying Kuma is part of a special race or Vegapunk is doing this because Vegapunk is part of a special race. I'm a little confused. Like, I, I maybe I'm misreading this. Maybe I'm thinking too much into it. And Kuma's the one that's a special race since, you know, they make copies of Kuma. But I don't know. Let me know. Let me know if I'm thinking about this wrong. But then we cut to the final part of the chapter. Man, Oda, this is, whew. <laughs> A lot, a lot happened here. A lot happened in this chapter, bro. So, Wrath ends up bringing the Thousand Sunny and the rest of the crew to Egghead Island, and they're questioning how this big robot is flying, and it turns out, you know, anti-gravity is a thing in this world, and they're, like, all surprised, but, like, honestly, we shouldn't be that surprised, because there's, like, come on, a gravity fruit. Like, Fujitora has, like, a gravity-type fruit, so... I guess it makes sense that anti-gravity science is a thing. But the crew is just simply amazed by all the tech and they end up on the upper level away from Luffy at the research stratum, which is on top of like these Skypea type clouds that basically was manufactured by Vegapunk. The whole crew grits off beside Zoro and Brooke off the boat and goes with Wrath. And I'm not really sure why they stay behind. I know they're gonna say they watch the ship, but I wonder if we're gonna get like a, a Zoro and Brooke team up fight or maybe we get some Zoro and Brooke panels. That'd be interesting to see those two interact. Like a little dual sword fight, like making it cool and chilly. Okay. So Sanji, Usopp, Frankie, Nico, Robin, and Nami all head to the main lab with Raph and get a new costume change on the way. Robin and Nami, come on, Oda. Why you never got them with clothes on, bro? Looks all right, though. But come on, bro, why you always doing that? Usopp shit is actually fire. I actually fuck with Usopp fit. His jacket, I'm saying it's smooth. I like that fit, bro. And then Frankie is just like, Frankie is always, and it's actually funny because Sanji even throws a jab at him saying like, man, you just look freaky in anything, huh? Just Frankie just being his thing. And Frankie's just like, oh, nice. You're trying to make me blush. Like, my man's don't take no insults, bro. He Frankie really just always chilling. He don't care what nobody think about him. But Sanji fit looks nuts, though, because my man's, he got on like a Hawaiian shirt and these boots. Like, he even thinks like, this is kind of, it's kind of crazy looking, right? Like, come on, bro. Oh, why you do Sanji like that? And it's funny because like he even got these Vegapunk type headphones on. They look like they look like them German headphones. Just saying, Sanji, you might want to get rid of those. Get you some beats. But then the chapter ends with Vegapunk 01, Shaka, talking to someone and we don't know who he's talking to. And he's saying to him that he thinks he'll likely be dead soon. And it ends up being Dragon, bro. 
Vegapunk and Dragon of Pool? So, like, I get it. Vegapunk probably knows that the government is coming for him. That's definitely the thing. That's definitely what he thinks is about to happen. But, like, is just this Vegapunk cool with Dragon? Are all the Vegapunks cool with Dragon? Like, is this, like, a specific thing? Did Vegapunk and Dragon have this happen to Kuma on purpose? Was this part of a plan? Did Kuma agree to this and this was all part of a plan to keep Kuma alive somehow? Like, maybe all these pacifistas can actually just, you know, turn on the government at some point if Vegapunk says so. Like, bro, what? And this also kind of kills my Vegapunk for Nak Nakama thing or one of the Vegapunks for Nakama thing because, like, if Vegapunk is part of the Revolutionary Army, I doubt that one of the Vegapunks is going to end up on Luffy's crew. Like, I don't know, bro. I don't know. Overall, man, this chapter is really, really good. It can feel a little bloated, I feel like, for some people because there is just so many things happening. And sorry for the sirens that's going on. I'm going to just keep talking and keep going and hopefully they pass. Welcome to the streets of Brooklyn. My bad. Six and a half hours later. And there we go. We're going to keep talking. And one, two, three, four. Yeah, this chapter could probably feel a little bloated for some people because there is so much that's happening and there's a lot of jumping around different parts. But overall, it's a lot of good, good information. Nothing was really wasted. Nothing felt like a waste of time. I mean, I guess we didn't really need a kind of finding out that, you know, they was fighting like Raw and Black Bear, but good stuff, man. Like, good information. And with a break next week, this gives us a lot of things to think about until we get the next chapter. Overall, if I have to give this chapter a rating, I'd probably give it about eight maybe nine out of ten man i thought it was really really good i thought it was kind of oh it's just on a good good run right now so let me know your thoughts on the chapter in the comment section below as well if you end up enjoying the video be sure to hit me with a like also if you haven't already be sure to subscribe to the channel as well as the notification bell to get notified for more content that i put out so on that note y'all enjoy your life i'm feeling great and feel the vibe i'm really grateful we alive and i'm feeling great because lately i've been on the way to something great and I feel alive cause I create like every day and I'm on today